This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on my talk 1071. Thank you for joining us during maybe your lunch break. We're going to talk about food right here and um, a show that we know and love. No? Oh, we are. I'm sorry. I was thinking uh, uh, TV, not food, but it's food TV. Yeah, food TV. Boobs on tubes. What are you watching? Boobs on tubes. Boobs on tubes. What are you watching? Boobs on tubes. Bradley. So, uh, there's a new show, and I want to get your temperature on this. There is a Great British Bake Off spinoff. Another one. And in fact, this has already been around for, I think, like, I think this is season six of this show. But we are now getting the first chance of seeing Great British Bake Off, The Professionals. Oh. On Netflix, it it uh, premiered today, and I want to play the trailer for you okay. and see what you think about this great British, because for the listeners who don't know, both Dawn and I uh, have for years been obsessed with Great British Bake Off. Let's have a listen to Great British Bake Off, The Professionals. Holy moly! Twelve teams of the finest pastry chefs. Brand new challenge, brand new team. Are ready to risk their reputations. What is this showpiece made of? Is it uranium? And face two of the toughest judges in the business. Bring it on, chef. Yeah, let's do it. This is beautiful. But they'll find... Come on. ...that in this kitchen, Ooh. not everything is sugar-coated. This is wrong. Boring, boring, boring. Change it completely. A disaster. <laughs> the macarons? Off the professionals. <laughs> no. All right, that's Bake Off the Professionals. And again, if you heard uh, in the trailer, or if you didn't hear in the trailer, it's teams, and the teams are up against each other. So this is not like mm-hmm. your typical Bake Off experience. What do you think? What's your first reaction to Great British Bake Off, the Professionals? Well, I will say something positive, and that as long as it isn't an American version of the Great British Bake Off, I'm fine with it already. Okay. Because why we love it, most, a lot of it is, has to do with peering into another culture. Oh, for And sure. also wondering at the fact and marveling at the fact that this is a common thing in in Britain to not just be heating up a frozen meal, but people actually take a lot of time and effort to bake things and learn the science of baking. It's a thing. Okay. Also British people, it's fun to hear them criticize themselves and not be like, you know what? I'm going to win. You know, those American cooking shows are kind of obnoxious sometimes. So the charm 
of the Britain of the British people going, I just, you know, and then when they lose, they're like, you know what? I did a good job. Like there's no complaining. There's no cash prize. These are the things we like about Bake Off. We also get to see how the mechanics of making these things work. Yeah. This sounds like a lot of drama. And that's where I think I might not be as interested. Okay. Because what I like about Bake Off is that everybody kind of helps each other. They're, they don't create unnecessary drama like our reality shows do. Yeah. No, and to your point, I think you're absolutely right. The, the magic of the Great British Bake Off for me is that it's just, it's low stakes reality. It's the way that reality competition shows should be, but they aren't here in the United States because we love drama. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, it's not even that I don't love drama because I think drama, I mean... Look, drama is what fascinates us and makes us watch all of the favorite TV programs that we love, even if they're comedies, right? Yeah. But it's the forced drama or sort of ginned up, manufactured, overly produced drama that's then hyper cut with a bunch of edits to make it look extra like ah, tense. That that's the thing that, um, you know, makes me less inclined to want to watch those shows here. But that's what sets bake-off apart this show the thing that stuck out for me was the professional aspect of it like i'm looking forward to it because it'll probably just be a fun show and it's a british show and yeah but the professional part of it is what kind of threw me like and 12 team that's a lot of people to try to remember it's a lot of people and also the profession the thing that i love about great british bake-off is that it's everyday people i am Mm -hmm. completely fascinated by the fact that there is this baking culture in the uk that we don't have here Mm -hmm. or at least not on the same scale right? as a percentage of our population. The average American doesn't have like a baking repertoire mm-hmm. at their ready. Like for us, it would be like cookies, you know, like chocolate chip cookies, brownies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe something else. Now, there are people who bake. You and I both bake. Mm-hmm. But they have this culture that sort of lends itself to the average person baking but the professional side of it is what's kind of throwing me because, like, I mean, it'll probably be interesting, but, like, I just love everyday people exactly. challenging themselves yes. and learning something new and try and being good at something. Like, you don't have to be super uber well-trained and have to have, like, studied for infinite amount of years. No shame or no shade. No. But I think television-wise, that's what makes that show enticing. Yeah. So I'm curious. Like, I can do it, too. I'm curious. I'm yeah. not, like, overly, like, yeah. We could have just heard, I mean, you know, whenever you hear a trailer or see a, well, you see a trailer, usually, but they cram all of the drama into it to try to entice people to watch, but that might not be what it is constantly doing. I, when I watch it, I would like to learn things about the specific like i want them to slow down and not be at that pace all the time because i just don't like i don't need to be stressed well, also, as i'm watching tv can i be quite honest this is very self-serving and self and we're talking about this spinoff which by the way is now available on netflix it's called the great british bake-off uh, or excuse me great british baking show because we call it the great british baking show in the united states because pillsbury owns the rights to bake-off um we love pillsbury um <laughs> What was my point? So that's available. The thing that I'm like, I kind of wrinkle my nose at this is I'm not a huge like the fancy patisserie kind of stuff like mirror glazes and jellies. Like I want to watch people make something that I can actually have a shot at making. I want to feel like when I watch an episode of Bake Off, like, oh, I could try that. Mm -hmm. Right. But 
this level of stuff, they're doing like candy work, you know, like that sugar candy sculpture stuff. Oh. Where they're sculpting big bouquets of flowers out of sugar. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's very like things you'd see at a high end hotel. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and that's, I'm like, it's, I don't it's a completely think, different show. I don't think the average person's going to be like, you know what I'm going to make this weekend? Like, you you and I would watch Bake Off and be like, I'm going to try those Chelsea buns. Right, because right? they put them all on the website, Yeah, by the way. But this kind of stuff, like, you know, building an Eiffel Tower out of sugar work with 800 macaroons is not <laughs> What realistic. I love are the failures also. Yeah. Half the fun of watching Bake Off is... Their Some curd people, didn't set. Yeah. The, Why did they put rose in it again, oh, Dawn? Stop Don't. putting too much alcohol in your bakes. You know, things like that where you're like, they know this. They've seen the other 18 seasons. Well, and they'll say Why? it. Why? Like, They're I know like, I shouldn't I know. be doing rose. Oh, Why are you? Stop. It just should be eliminated. Just don't even do it at all. Who wants to taste rose anyway? I know, Sorry, I we know. had to get some things out there yeah, no, that bother it's, us. It's true, though. What else? But the fails, you? like, <laughs> I love the signature challenge because um, at the end, because those are the ones that require a lot of imagination and delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Where they think and they're going to have time to do this and it falls apart and it's ugly. I love that part about it yeah. because it makes you feel. Well, it's relatable. It is. It's like, all, God. We've all attempted something like, oh, I can do that. And then you get halfway through and you're crying like, what did I think I was doing? <laughs> yes. And eight yes. people are about to show up at your house <laughs> yeah. and your meringue pooped. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, well, I'll try this. I'll, I love, you know, I'll I'll check it out. And Oh, yeah. It's yeah, definitely a it watcher. I'm, I'm curious, but I um, I will say if you have not watched, and I don't remember the name of the, the actual name of the spinoff. It's on Netflix and it's the baking show. It's like the kids version. It is. Oh my God, you've told me that. These kids oh. are so bleeping talented. Are they British kids yes. or American kids? Okay, yeah. I don't want to see American kids. Why? I don't know. Like, <laughs> don't, I don't want to like see that American Gordon Ramsay kids? show with like Hell's Kitchen for Kids or whatever. No, it is. no, whatever. No, it's 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 literally um, it's one of I can't remember his name. He's actually one of the one of the uh, hosts. Of this spinoff as well. He's a former Bake Off alumnus. Oh, okay. And he, but he is also on the one with kids, and he is so delightful. And they are so because it's a competition, right? But again, they don't try to make the kids cry. Okay, they bend over backwards. I feel, I feel like I would have anxiety. They as bend a mom. over backwards to make these kids feel like every bake is special. Okay, and when they offer criticism, it is like the most thoughtful. Like, you did a really good job on that. And next time I want you to think about this. It's not like, you got a soggy bottom and you're never going to win. Does that Prue's voice that you just did? That's Paul Hollywood. All right. Anyway. All right. So that's Great British Bake Off, The Professionals. When we come back from, uh, well, you eat too many pastries, you're going to want more shapewear, right? Yeah. And Don, Don has a story about Kim's shapewear and some special people who are wearing it when we return right here on My Talk 1071. My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Oh, Hi. my goodness. All right, so we all have to wear skivvies, but some of us choose not to. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about skims, oh, shapewear, skims, and underwear. Yeah. Okay, uh, so they you don't just do shapewear. Gross, they also you know. do lingerie. and Pajamas. They do all kinds of things. Yeah. I don't have any Skims pieces, but I've heard that they're actually really good if you're mm. looking for okay, shapewear. Cool. 
a little bit out of my price range, to be honest, or what I'm willing to pay for something. Let's say that. So I think that um, Kim Kardashian and whoever thought of this idea to use these two young ladies in their Valentine's Day skims campaign. Genius. What two ladies, Dawn? These are the two Italian Lovely ladies from the second season of White Lotus. Yes, Queen. Okay. Very beautiful women. These are the and girls delightful. who are, they're just great actresses. They're really just like, they, I mean, you look at them so much that you, they're both beautiful, just physically and talented. And Do another, we know how this, how this all happened? Like how um, they ended up getting connected with Skims? I don't. In this article, it's really focusing on it's like a big ad- advertisement for oh great for what you they're trying to get you to buy really, but um, their names are they are breakout stars to us Beatrice Grano and Simona Tabasco, and they are um, in White Lotus. This isn't going to be a spoiler. I mean, I don't think so. But you do see them in their underpants. Yeah, you see them in lingerie yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we were already used to seeing them in in their underpants. And now it's like, oh, look, they're actually real life friends as well. So oh, what awesome. a better way to like not just use a model. It's like people that have created these characters that we love. Um, It's just genius to capitalize on the 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 popularity of a hit show. And, like, these girls don't have a contract to not do this stuff, so they're free to do whatever they want. Oh, sure. So they are basically getting on the White Lotus train and just, you know, saying, hey, we want these two passengers and just borrowing them for a while. And what comes with them isn't just, like most models, a beautiful body and a beautiful face. There's actually personality to them because we, we just think of them as their characters. And so you're like, oh, look at the cute. You're more likely to look at the lingerie they're wearing or just, you know. Yeah, no, it's perfect timing. I mean, the new season is or uh, the second season is done. So it's not like they're busy. You know, they can uh, do all sorts of endorsement stuff. Yeah, no, this seems like a no brainer. I don't know. I don't know if it was Kim Kardashian. who was like, I want the I want those ladies. to do yeah, I mean, if she did, it was good probably for her. it was probably one of their marketing people. Well, right. Yes. And this is what the, the ladies say about this opportunity. Um, they say. Uh, the dark-headed one who is um, Grano is her last name. Uh, Beatrice. Beatrice Grano. Beatrice. She says, having the opportunity to work alongside my friend Simona and to experience our first global fashion campaign together is something very special. I love that she says first, right? Like All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is, you know, this is their first thinking global, ahead. Yes. First of many. They did an interview with W Magazine and uh, their real life friends. Um, and they they helped each other with their self tape auditions. Um, and then later FaceTimed each other crying after finding out that they got the roles in White oh, I'm Lotus. I'm sure. I'm sure. And they're absolutely adorable. Yes. So it, it's just like, it's cool to hear that as well, because there aren't a lot of, you know, the, we focus, you know, of course, on the other celebrities, but I haven't heard anything about these women. And oh, so no. it's so cool to hear them interviewed. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this particular show sort of, um, you know, took off in the second season. I think it sort of became even bigger than it was the first season. And so you've got these stars that, you know, get to work alongside of people we've known and loved for decades, but also they got their own chance to shine and mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful voice. I don't know which one is. It's like Mia and Lucia, right? Mia and Lucia. Was that their names on the Mia show? Mia and Lucia. So it's Lucia. Lucia is the one that sings. She mm-hmm. has such a beautiful voice. Yes. And that is, um, that's Beatrice Grano. So um, actually, I was wrong about that. The The dark headed one with the shorter hair is Simona Tabasco. Mm. Beatrice Grano what is What a fun the last singer. name, Tabasco. Yeah. You're spicy. Maybe that's just a stage name. But either way, um, you know, just knowing that picturing them getting the roles and being so excited and like crying on FaceTime together oh God, yeah. and like being, they're squealing and crying. Actors, I'm sure they were freaking out. They're going to work alongside Jennifer Coolidge alongside. Um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. I mean, this is one of the biggest hit shows ever and yeah. they got an opportunity mm-hmm. and they do a lot of squealing and, excitement in the show. Well, they're just two they're fun always, friends on the show. Yeah, so. they're just hanging on each other and just, yeah. you know, being girlfriends and and just, you can tell they already had a relationship oh, together. Sure. It wasn't manufactured and it's cool to know that. Uh, so if you are interested in this campaign, we're not getting, getting paid for this. We really aren't. Yeah, that sounded sarcastic. Uh, no, we're, we're not um, being paid for it, but um, they have a whole line of, of uh, Valentine's Day shopping. What do you, you get for do. Valentine's Day at Skims? Like heart-shaped shapewear? Uh, well, it's like a pink slip dress. I oh. mean, that's kind of basic. Uh, there's a lace cat suit. There's a pink robe. Um, actually, it's not that expensive. The pink robe is 88 bucks. It's a soft lounge robe. There is a rhinestone heart bralette, which is... Wow, that doesn't cover a lot. No. Just thinking... A lot of, of this... Stuff looks scandalous, but it's, perfect for the holiday. This cat suit is all head to toe, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right. When we come back from uh, underpants to uh, what you're thinking about in your underpants, your dreams. <gasps> John's going to weave right. your dreams when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Um, This is the time of week in right dab in the middle of the show, in the middle of the week, right in the center that we talk about 
dreams. Why don't you tell me about your dreams? I was back in high school, and I was supposed to take a test. I was making it work again. I was driving my car, and they couldn't control it. Then, I fell off a cliff with Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know what this dream means? Dreamweaver Dawn. Dreamweaver Dawn. I would like to say, if you don't get, if I don't get to your dream, it doesn't mean I won't. In the future, we can only have so much time. So I might be holding on to it for a different time to have some variety. Just so. to remind you guys, I just want to let the listeners know if they've never heard this segment before. Dawn has been doing this for years. She did it, started, obviously, on the morning show, interpreting people's dreams. And so we thought, we got to keep this train going. And so now uh, Dawn does it every week on the show. And you just said something about listeners submitting their dreams. You'll yeah. tell us how we can do that later in the show. That's correct. Fabulous. Yeah. Where do you want to start today? We've got, I've got, or I should say, where do yeah. I want to start? Where do you want to start? I've got I don't know. You tell me. Some of you these read. dreams that people have emailed. Mm-hmm. Let's start today with Patty. Okay. Patty has a dream for you, Dawn, and it goes like this. Recurring dreams since a little child. Mm-hmm. Always sitting with my dad outside. Once on the tailgate of a truck, once on a stump, another time on a cement cistern cover. Each time in the dream, we look up and in the sky are perfect formations, sometimes jet fighter airplanes, birds, uh, hot air balloons. The feeling of dread came over me and I wake up. As I said, I've had this recurring dream since I was a child. She's now, I'm not going to say her age. She's, you know, in her sixth decade. Okay. And that's where you can stop because then okay. she talks about her real life, which I really, I did read Patty, but I really don't need to know that Perfect. to interpret your dream. All right. What does that tell you? Okay. So, um, your dad, if you dream about your dad in your dream, that is your super conscious mind. Oh. We haven't talked about this a lot, but parents, if you dream about your mom or your dad, your super conscious mind, this is where you are inspired from, um, whatever creator you believe in. The creator could be just you you know it's not a judgment on this isn't a religious thing it has to do with um you know super conscious mind closest to god or where we came from before we came down to earth so that is where all of your sort of inspiration comes from so that kind of travels down into your subconscious mind and then hopefully makes it into your conscious life so your dad is your super conscious mind and it's also the seed of your ability to be a creator and your inner authority, mm. which seems a little bit boring when I say it that way, but it really is fantastic because you're acknowledging this isn't a dream about your dad, okay? Yeah. This is a dream about the highest part of yourself and that you are acknowledging that you can create things. And it's also the part of you that manages your whole being and your soul. So it's a big deal. Um, it is a big deal. Yes. Um, so out, since you're outdoors all the time, this is your attitude about um, the external environment that you have, which is other people, places and things outside of yourself, which, you know, a lot of times we're just if we're dreaming to other people, we're dreaming about those qualities within ourselves. Sure. So if you're outside a lot, you're dreaming about your attitude, about things that happen around mm. you in real life. OK. OK. And then everything is looking up into the sky uh, and also things that fly or float. Yeah. So um, any any kind of. Um, airplane is your body, any vehicle like a car is your body, an airplane is your body. And this physical body that you have, you understand that 
you do there is something that has there's an in, there's an internal struggle and it could be something that's happening to you with your health so you're looking up there and you're seeing your body outside of yourself and it's a fighter jet that's why i'm saying that it's a fight you realize that you've had to fight off some physical ailments oh. okay and also um the birds um hot air balloons <laughs> that would also be your body but that is more of a peaceful feeling about your body that's like maybe you know like transcendental you're floating it's a beautiful experience that isn't like i'm fighting <laughs> in an airplane yeah, you know and then birds are just you know birds are your hope for achieving things that are beyond what you would normally do so it's like a hopeful freedom the freedom you have within yourself. Interesting. So okay. you're observing all of these things and how it relates to you as a creator. Okay, what do you got next? All right, so um, <laughs> from Patty, let's go to Dawn. Dawn for Dawn. Yeah. All right, here's Dawn's email. Hello, thank you so much for interpreting my dream. My dreams tend to have a theme lately, babies, animals, and different situations. Sometimes babies or young kids and animals feel angry and are threatening towards me, for example, continually trying to break into my RV while I'm in it, and it's a real fight. Another time it didn't feel threatening at all. I was in what looked like an ancient haunted mansion. It was dark with cobwebs and old, beautiful furniture. I explored. I found babies hiding everywhere. I would peer around a grandfather clock or under a bed behind a large, tilted painting, and in what would be... A jump scare in a film, there was a baby staring back at me. I had no fear. Well, interesting. Okay. I had no fear at all in this dream and only felt curiosity and interest. Occasionally, young furry animals of various sizes would scamper across the room from the dark corners. This is some dreams. Yeah. The dream ended with me opening the door to a large ballroom, seeing my husband asleep on the floor in his shorts, cuddled up with a dinosaur-sized crocodile. My feeling upon seeing this was peace. And I thought it was cute and darling. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a I lot love that this would have dream. been terrified. By. Okay. So Patty, I'm going to skip forward uh, and do the bulk That's a of lot. the dream. Where do you even so, start? so the RV dream, the RV is your body. Okay. Um, babies are new ideas and animals are habits. So sometimes, you know, you feel like there's a battle between you starting new projects and also holding on to things that keep your stasis in life, you know, your normal routine. That's what that means. But let's go on to the super fun dream in the haunted mansion. A house is your frame of mind, but you're not afraid of this type of, you're not afraid to be there. So sometimes you go into a place where um, is mysterious to yourself. Your frame of mind is as sort of a, um, it's, you recognize that you have an old soul. Mm. Let's say that. Okay. And, um, so you're going around and there's all this beautiful furniture and all these babies, babies. are everywhere. Babies are new ideas. So, so she's you, having tons of new ideas. You have all these new ideas. You're not afraid of it. You're like, yeah, look at all these great ideas I have. Now, animals are habits. So those are jumping out at you everywhere. And you're like, maybe you're just recognizing that um, you have all of these new ideas and you're just, they seem to be popping up everywhere in a mysterious way. And you kind of marvel at your old soul. Mm. Okay. So that's great. And then the husband at the end, your husband is a commitment to yourself because your husband, your spouse is your subconscious mind. And when the conscious mind and the subconscious mind come together, you create new things. 
That's when you become okay. Like That's a whenever you have sex and you become pregnant, and then you are then moving into making a new idea. So in order to do that, you have to take from your subconscious mind and your conscious mind. So things that you want to do and create, it rolls around in your head. You think about it in your daily life, and then you create it. So those are the babies. So you have all these projects that you recognize are there, um, and then and the crocodile is a habit. It is. It's a big, big habit. Your husband is sleeping, and that means that you can observe yourself. You can see yourself assimilate the knowledge that you've learned within the day because you're looking at your subconscious mind and you're watching it do the thing that is like the magic thing that happens when you sleep whenever your ideas are created. So this is such a cool dream. You're acknowledging that you process your day. Some people don't download their stuff and go, they think about like, oh yeah, today that happened and how did that make me feel? Do I need to get over that? Like it's the conscious, you're being so self-aware. Yeah, so she's actually working through some stuff and yeah. now she can actually consciously mm-hmm. know Wake that your her husband brain up is doing that. Yeah. In the dream. And uh, he is snuggling with that big dinosaur, <laughs> a crocodile-sized. But she's not a, scared by no, it. No, you're not scared by it. You would so be that's, in real life. Um, that is a habit that's going to serve you well. It's something that you're nurturing mm-hmm. and that's going to allow you to create these new things. Wow. God, you get all of that from a bunch Whew. of... I'm sorry, if I were in her dream, I'd be freaked out. (laughs) Okay. Bunch of animals. Um, So you can go. um, Yeah, so just the last paragraph there is where the dream starts here. All right, so the the last dream that I just randomly pulled out of my pile. Oh, wait. uh, Is. Wait, which one am I doing? It's Tammy. Tammy, hold on here. I've got these in the wrong order. Tammy. So the last paragraph of Tammy's email. Mm -hmm. um, Although she does say she loves listening to you. I had a weird dream about baby snakes, Dawn. Okay. They were red with black spots and had wings. I don't know if Tammy sounds like this. <laughs> but they were still snakes, like a weird fly-snake hybrid, hatching underneath my bed. And I didn't know if I should kill them or not. I was conflicted. The mommy snake was there and kept striking at Jenga, my dog. I was conflicted because they were just little innocent babies, but I didn't want them to grow into big, mean adult snakes like the one that was striking my dog. I chose not to kill them and walked away with my dog. Wow, Tammy. Okay. very visual. All right. So we have babies again, but they're baby snakes. Baby animals. Yes. Idea habits. No. uh, Well, actually, snakes, there are a few animals that have specific qualities to them or attributes, and snakes are one of them. Snakes are your use of creativity and um, your compulsive use of creativity. Okay, so all of these baby snakes, you're kind of you're worried about them, but you feel for them. So you've got all of these things that are they're creative new ideas. All right, because they're snakes. Yeah, but you feel like there's just like. You're overcome with a lot of ideas about creative projects and things. The mom snake is your commitment to your creativity, and that is threatening a habit that you nurture, which is the dog. Your dog is a habit that you nurture. Mm. So this all. So let me conflict. explain it this way. It's like you're having inner conflict because all of you're very creative person, and all of these little ideas are always popping up everywhere. But you're like, wait a minute. If I let those grow up and become big snakes then it's going to knock me out of my normal everyday routine, which is the habit that you nurture, which is the dog. Okay. But in the end, you didn't kill the snakes. So you're like, I'm just going to let those live. 
Okay. But she and also the, walked away with her dog. But she did. So she, you like the routine of your life more than you like creating new things. Mm. But you are processing it. So there are so many. You might be somebody that has a million inventions in their head or ideas about like, I want to start a business online, uh, crafting business. And But then you're like, but then I also want to do this and this and this. And you're like, oh, God. Where do I even go? Then you go, wait a minute. I do like my life because I like this routine and this normalcy that it gives me. So I'm going to walk away from those, but I'm going to let them That's live. That's fascinating. So I wonder if that resonates. If that does, let us know. Yeah, there you go, guys. Good job, Tammy. Okay, so you can get a hold of me um, on our website. You can find me, and it says email Don McLean. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And hopefully someday we'll have a show email that you can drop us a letter to. Don't worry, we've alerted the authorities and hoping that uh, we'll get an yeah, email. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. But in but the meantime, right now, yeah. you can uh, email us individually, do so for Dawn to get those dreams. And when we come back, Dawn is going to continue the conversation with, ooh, this is deep and dark. Programmers, computer programmers are kind of afraid at the uh, artificial intelligence they're creating. <laughs> we'll tell you why when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Spot. Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas Honeycomb Shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. Hey guys, it's your this might be The Adventures my of Bradley and Dawn. My Talk 1071. It's the place for entertainment, My Talk. The My Talk Awards. Yes, entertainment. Not sports. Oh boy. My Talk <laughs> Awards going on all this week. Listen at 8 a.m. tomorrow to hear Mike hey. defend our No categories. pressure, Mike, but we have zero awards. What are you going to bring home for us? <laughs> oh, I'm going to change that in a big way. Yes. yes, Mike. Yes. I, I love that the first award I have to do is I have to defend why Beyonce had the song of the year, and then I have to say <gasps> why Beyonce. Say is not the singer of the year, so that's going to work hey, out great. It's so hey, right. Mike! So right. I, well, it's fine. You can hash yeah. that out here, but when yeah, you I show will. up, I want you to yeah, have your gonna story coach straight. You in the oh, next be, hour oh, here. we'll be good. Yeah, I'm ready to rock. But what we have for you right now is we have tickets, you guys, to see Candace Bushnell at Mystic Lake May 13th, and it's called "Is There Still Sex in the City?" She's I the creator so. of Sex in the City. If you don't know who that is, and uh, we're just going to put your name at the will call. You don't have to wait for tickets in the mail. It's so great. Yeah. So call us. This is going to be great for six, you five, and one, a friend. Six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. What ticket? 
number, caller number. It's seven. Sorry. It's always seven. Why is it always seven? Because they put that in the rules and we have to follow the rules. I didn't know. Has that always been in the rules? We we need to follow what they say. I did not know that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. For this particular giveaway or for all giveaways? Whatever they say and oh. put online is what we need to do. Interesting. I did not know that. It's just a... It's just a uh, that is good about to know. Radio and radio rules and contests. Fabulous. Thank you much. Okay. So, caller seven. Do it. 651 641 1071. Now, what do you want to tell us about AI? Oh. That is artificial intelligence. Oh, my gosh. So, I read this article on Vox, uh, which has, you know, entertainment stuff, but it also has like techie stuff on it. It's a pretty cool website. And um, they were talking about how. AI experts, scientists that are creating these artificial intelligence things like robots of the future, things like I won't say her name because she will go off in your Alexa. Oh, Bradley. Siri. Well, actually, Siri. Siri, Well, now you did it. But yeah, I was going to say the Siri one. You you um, you have to say the hey part or hey, goo goo. Right. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. Okay, so those things are going to be personal robots. They are. That's what we're heading towards. I can't wait for my personal robot. Yes, I want. And I don't think it's going to be like walking in the room, maybe eventually, but not while we're on planet Earth. But I think, you know, it's going to be much like Siri. And I found my er, Mm A-L-E-X-A, which I find myself talking to all the time now because I'm like, oh, my God, I forget that she's right there at all times. Yeah, she can. I Google so many things. On my phone, but I could just, uh, I could just, you know, ask her. Yeah. You know, so. I also did the. See how I said her? Yeah. We, we, we've, we feel like it's a person. Well, we gender them because then it makes us feel more attached, which is brilliant and genius. And also I had the Australian version of Siri in my car for years. Mm. So when I respond, you know, uh, Siri would say like, she won't, I can't do Australian accents, so I won't even try. Just say, um, rise up lights. Yeah, that was our good friends uh, from up north who are Australian. Yeah. Shared that little tidbit with us. Rise, Rise of Blades. Um, which is razor blades. Yeah. But the, uh, I would say, or she would say to me, do you want to reply? And I would say, no, or yes. Like, <laughs> yes. I was so used to hearing her in Australia that I would, would respond. I still cute. do that to this day. Oh. Anyway, that's not why you're telling us about AI. What do well, we need to know? Yeah, and plus, I also want to hear. Maybe we can talk about this. Yeah, now or uh, tomorrow or some other time. But um, I want to hear what you would want your robot to do. Put that on the shelf for a second. Let me talk about these programmers who are making this AI. They are making them smarter, more capable, more world transforming every day. It's a constant, just discoveries every day and the money that they're putting into AI, everyone is just like astronomical. So they are going so fast that the AI is actually moving faster than us, which is scary, right? You mean moving like, uh, like running? No, not running, but it's basically programming itself. So huge sectors of um, AI They've tr- they've taught them to do deep thinking, which means that they're not well, they're just saying me in that regard. 
So they're not just creating an algorithm now, which is just a pattern that they see from your searches and and things like that and what you're interested in. And then they sort of formulate what you want to look at. I mean, we see it all the time in ads, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, they're doing that and they are actually learning to alter their answer and do deep thinking based on what isn't a normal pattern. So they are able and the thing that struck me about the article is that they say that the scientists don't know how the computers are doing this. What do you mean? So they've already they outthought us. Doing. They are adding to the program and they're adding code every day to teach them to um, have thoughts. And they actually don't know how it's happening. That is, makes my head hurt. I, I don't know, even know. I know. These so, machines are already have been smarter than me for years. Right. So they're getting more powerful. Uh, many tech companies are naming their target as artificial general intelligence so that they can do everything that humans do. But then they're worried that they're going to become smarter than us, which will give them the ability to deceive us and mislead us. Okay. Now, we hope that they won't someday want to hurt us. Like, they're legitimately well, are the saying ca- these words. So, the, the, th- the thing that I think is delightful about all of this, let's just assume, do you, let me just ask you a simple question. Okay. Do you think at some point technology will be such that technology will be able to create a reasonable simulation of, like, the experience we're having now? Yeah. If the answer is yes, hasn't it already happened? No, you because mean if it's going to happen, yeah, it probably already has happened. Oh, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the time traveler that we're talking to here. He's what? actually a time traveler. Bradley trainer. <laughs> I'm is, not a time and traveler. And he's one that's been snitching on the other time travelers. And he's like, those are time I, travelers. I, if, if that were true, I'd be gone. <laughs> no, they're like, there's that guy talking about us again. Tell him what to if shut I don't up. show up tomorrow? You just bounce from reality to reality and you come back here oh. during the show. I don't know oh, what from, you do when you leave. True. You say you have true. this. Well, partner I don't even named know that you're Jamie. real. Right. Right. Like when I when you leave for the night, you could disappear. I don't know. I go into another dimension. But another no, my dimension, point is like, but my point is, if that's where we're headed and it's going to happen, it there's just as much of a chance that it's already happened. That's true. It is true. Which means, oh my God. Yeah, they don't even know. Is this thing on? They say this. They say this, um, <laughs> that they currently do not understand the systems they're building well enough to know what they've designed are safe. That makes it's us all feel late. great, right? Like, we don't know if these are actually safe, but we're going to still keep creating them. Are you playing into the part of every futuristic sci-fi movie we've ever seen. Well, maybe there's Stop! a reason that's the every movie we've ever seen. Stop doing it then. They're that's acknowledging. Where we're they're like, "Listen, we don't know if this is safe, but we're going to continue to make these robots." Yeah. Well, maybe that's part of the program, Don. What if what do you want your robot to do? What do you mean robot? Like I'm going to have a, somebody following me around? Yeah, a little rolly robot. All of the things. So wake you up and dinner. just roll over to your your um, sleeping space and just tap you and go. No, that's my dog. Bradley, my dog does Bradley. that. Bradley, maybe it doesn't want the dog around because the dog is a threat. And Whoa. then where's Wheezy? Right? Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, uh, as for robots, sure. I mean, I'm all here. Part of this, the the stuff that you're mentioning, like artificial intelligence, if it makes our lives easier and allows us to do other things, great. There's I need- probably going to be some awkward transition time, which I hope I survive, but... Oh, you know, once we get time. on the other side of that, we gotta make we gotta talk Don't about watch this again. The Last of Us. Oh That's all yeah! I'm oh all my right. gosh! By the way, there's hope. Jamie texted me that he might want to watch this because other people in his life are talking about it. Not oh, me. Oh. Not me. <laughs> other people. All right. Hey, when oh. we come back, we are not talking about artificial intelligence. We're talking about Valentine's Day <laughs> and uh, what kind of snacks? What kind of gifts do you want? Six five one six four. 